Um, in Luke 24, uh, Jenny already uh, referred to this story. Um, the risen Jesus was walking along a road uh, with two discouraged and downhearted disciples. Um, they, they didn't understand the events of the previous weekend. The death of Jesus and the empty tomb, they didn't understand what had happened. Uh, they were confused. They were downhearted. Um, and as they walked along, um, Jesus led them in a Bible study, which has intrigued people ever since. We don't know exactly what they talked about. Uh, but it says this. It says, beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them all that was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And Later, we read that as they walked along and read the Bible with Jesus, um, their hearts started to burn within them. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. Their hearts started to burn, not heartburn, but uh, something uh, more profound. Um, and I kind of I want to take that as my, my launch pad this morning because it, it kind of suggests something maybe surprising that if we want to understand the events of that first Easter, we can actually turn to the stories of the Old Testament um, in order to understand what it is that happened in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus says the things that are written in the books of Moses and the prophets were about him. Um, and so I want to invite you to come with me uh, for a few moments to one of the most dramatic moments in the story of Israel and see how it can help us uh, maybe shine a light on the events of the first Easter. Um, the people of Israel uh, were camped on the shore of the Red Sea. Um, you probably know bits of this story or a fair bit of this story. Um, God had already at this point rescued them from slavery in Egypt with a series of extraordinary miracles. He had led them with visible signs of his presence, with a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud, uh, to where they now were. And then we come to this, these words, and this is kind of what's really caught my attention recently. God said, says to Moses, tell the Israelites uh, to turn, turn back and camp in this place by the Red Sea. And then, and then it says, Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around in the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. The Israelites are wandering around in the, the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. Uh, one of the older translations uh, says it like this, um, and I love this translation. The Israelites are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Very graphic language. They're entangled in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. And so what happens? Pharaoh and his armies come after the Israelites and they, uh, the Israelites literally find themselves caught in a trap. And you can have Elvis singing in your head here if you want. But they have the sea behind them. They have the armies of Egypt closing in. And the people are, not surprisingly, terrified and confused, and they ask, why did Moses, why did God bring us out of Egypt to die here in the, the desert? Um, why did we ever come out of Egypt if we're going to end up dying here by the sea? And in that moment, Moses speaks to the people, and this is what he says. Um, he says, do not be afraid. This is Exodus 14, 13 and 14. He says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. 
The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Um, It's especially maybe the first words and the last words there I want to really draw our attention to this morning. Do not be afraid. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Um, What happens next? God tells Moses to raise his staff and stretch out his hand. And I think you know what happens next. God opened a way through the sea. God opened a way where there was no way a moment before. And the Israelites walked through on dry land. And when the Egyptians tried to pursue them, the waters returned and the armies were drowned. And that part of the story, if you read it in the book of Exodus, ends with a song of joy. I don't know how you expect that story to end, but it ends with a song. Um, first, first of all, Moses leads the people in a song uh, about the God who rescues his people. And they sing, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. We don't know what the tune is, but that was the words. Um, and then at the end of Exodus 15, Moses's sister Miriam and the women of Israel sang and danced on the shore of the Red Sea with timbrels, which was like an old-fashioned tambourine. <laughs> so they literally danced with tambourines and sang. And what did they sing? They sang, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and rider. He is hurled into the sea. So there's our story from the books of Moses from a long, long time ago from the Old Testament. Um, How does that story shine a light on the events of the first Easter? I don't know if that's one of the ones Jesus talked to the disciples about on the road to Emmaus, but it could have been. How does that story shine a light on the events of the first Easter? I want to suggest this morning that the place where the Israelites found themselves is a place that actually we all recognize. And I don't mean the Red Sea. I don't know if you've been to the Red Sea or not. I haven't. But what I mean is a place where we are entangled in the land. Um, Or to use some of the other phrases, we are wandering in confusion. We are hemmed in or trapped or shut, shut in by the wilderness. I think that is a very familiar place for every human being, not only back then, but today. Um, It's a story that is common to every human being. Uh, I think there are lots of ways that we can find ourselves entangled. Uh, We can find ourselves entangled by the circumstances and worries of life, by sickness or grief, uh, or by struggles with work or with unemployment, or by family difficulties, or broken relationships, or loneliness, or by depression, or mental illness. There's lots of ways in which we can feel trapped and hemmed in and feel like there's no way out, there's no way of escape. Um, I want to suggest we're also entangled and trapped in a deeper way. Um, The book of Hebrews Um, talks about the sin that so easily entangles. There's that word again. Um, In other words, the idea is we are entangled by our own thoughts and desires and habits and actions. We, We make choices that are foolish and selfish and destructive that fall short of our own best intentions and way short of God's best intentions for our lives. 
We are entangled by sin. So not only by circumstances and difficulties in life, but also by these thoughts, desires, habits, choices in our lives. And I think there are other ways we are entangled. Maybe in particular, we're often entangled and trapped by fear. Maybe fear um, is one of those things that most often entangles us. Um, As human beings, we are afraid of so many things. Um, And especially behind and beneath our other fears, whether we recognize it or not, we are afraid of death because we know death will come in the end to all of us. And sometimes we can sense it moving closer like Pharaoh's armies, or we can feel it kind of waiting behind us like the sea behind the people of Israel. Um, The fear of death lies over human life um, in lots of different ways. And so whenever it says that the, the Israelites were entangled in the land, wandering in confusion, hemmed in by the wilderness. Um, I think it's a true description of our human predicament. Um, And like the Israelites, there's nothing we can do to untangle ourselves. There is no way out that we can manufacture or find or make for ourselves. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched a fly trapped in a spider's web. I know it's a little bit gross. Um, But sometimes you watch the fly and the fly exerts itself to try to struggle in all kinds of different ways, but actually seems to become more and more entangled as it struggles. Um, Often as human beings, um, we think we can figure it out ourselves. We think we can free ourselves. We can fix ourselves. We can find ourselves. We just need a little bit more time. We just need a little bit more effort. We need some new strategies of self-help and self-improvement. And there's a strange paradox, I think, here that as long as we keep thinking that way, that we can figure it out, that we can untangle ourselves, we remain entangled and, in fact, often become more entangled. But actually, whenever we are willing to face reality, and it sounds like a really hard place to reach, and it is, um, to hold up our hands and say, I am entangled and I cannot get myself free, that is actually a moment of great possibility and a moment of great hope because that's where the gospel breaks in when you're at the end of your rope, when you're caught between the devil and the deep blue sea, when you can't find a way out. And when you're willing to acknowledge that, that is when hope breaks in because we're ready to hear the good news of Easter. What is the good news that we want to announce this morning? It is that Jesus comes to you Jesus comes to us where we are entangled and trapped. And he says, don't be afraid. And he says, you need only be still and I will fight for you. And just as Moses stretched out his hand over the water, Jesus stretched out both his hands on the cross and he made a way where there was no way. Because on the cross, He defeated all of our enemies, all of the things which held us captive. He defeated the power of sin. He defeated the power of death. He defeated the power of Satan. Um, It says in the book of Colossians that on the cross, he disarmed all the powers and authorities and triumphed over them. He defeated all of our enemies on the cross. And so 
just as Miriam sings, the horse and the rider have been hurled into the sea. When you reach the book of Revelation, you find this song, the great dragon has been hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray, he has been hurled to the earth and his angels with him. All the enemies that hemmed us in, surrounded us, overwhelmed us, made us feel defeated, made us feel entangled, made us feel trapped, have all been drowned, have all been defeated, have all been disarmed, uh, have all been hurled down. Um, and so if that is what Jesus has done, um, here is the invitation of the gospel this morning. Um, and I want to encourage you to apply this to yourself. Um, stop trying to get yourself untangled. Stop striving and straining and struggling to get yourself free. You need only be still and he will fight for you. Jesus has opened a way where there was no way and you're invited to trust him and follow him and he will lead you into a new kind of life. He will lead you out of the place where you are confined and trapped and into a wide and spacious and free life into the freedom of the children of God. Um, he'll lead you into a life where you know you are forgiven, where you know God as your father and Jesus as your brother by your side and his spirit living within you, whispering every day to your spirit that you are God's child, so you don't need to be afraid. And giving you new strength to live a new kind of life where you don't need to live entangled and defeated by sin, but where you, you now can choose glad obedience to God's ways, where you can, as the psalmist says, you can run in the way of God's commands because he has set your heart free. Right? You're no longer doomed to be entangled and trapped. And you don't need to be afraid of that final enemy, death. Because Jesus has passed through death and out the other side and he now has the keys of death and the grave. He has removed the sting of death. And so now if you follow Jesus, even death becomes a doorway into more life. Um, let me, before I finish, maybe I want to I, I just bring this home maybe for... Um, wherever you are at the minute in your journey. And maybe I want to speak for a second. Maybe you have never uh, made a personal response to Jesus. Um, but maybe as we're talking this morning, um, you recognize this story as your story. And you know in some way that you are entangled and trapped. And you know that your, your own best efforts to get free are not working. And you know that you have no answer in the face of the final enemy, which is death. Um, that is you this morning. I want to encourage you um, to lift up your eyes. We're often looking at the things that entangle us. We're looking at Pharaoh's armies. We're looking at the sea. Um, I want to encourage you to lift up your eyes and see the man on the cross. And maybe you've heard that story a thousand times. And maybe it has always seemed to you a million miles away from your life where you're living today, like something that has absolutely nothing to do with you. Um, I want to encourage you this morning to look again. Uh, I want to say this morning, that story has everything to do with your life. 
because the one on the cross, he has come to deliver you from your enemies, to set you free from all that enslaves you and entangles you, to set you free from fear, including the fear of death, and to bring you into a new kind of life. It has everything to do with you and where you're living right now. Um, and in a moment, I'm going to pray. Um, and I guess I want to say there's an opportunity here in this moment when everything can change in the story of your life. Um, maybe for a second, I want to speak to others in the room. Maybe, maybe you've been following Jesus for many, many years uh, or for a few years. I don't know how long. Um, and maybe you know these things that we've been saying this morning are true. Maybe you've been nodding along. But maybe if you're being honest, you've not in recent times in your life been living in the good of this. Um, you've actually gone back to a place where you are entangled. And maybe you're feeling overwhelmed by the circumstances of life. Maybe you're feeling defeated by sinful habits and desires. Maybe you're feeling hemmed in and trapped by fear and anxiety. And maybe if you're being honest this morning, you have lost that song of joy, right? You've dropped your tambourine somewhere in the mud, right? You've lost the song of joy. Um, and I guess I want to say this morning, that can happen to all of us. That does happen, I think, to all of us at different points in our life. It's so easy to find yourself going back to a place of entanglement and being trapped. But I do want to say this morning, I don't believe that, is, that it is God's desire for you to stay there. He doesn't intend for any of his children to live in that place all their days. Um, if I can put it this way, he didn't bring you out of Egypt to die in the wilderness, right? He didn't bring you out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. He, he didn't bring you into his family so you could live entangled and trapped and confined and cowering in fear. Um, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, says the book of Galatians. He set us free so we can live a free life. Um, and I guess if you recognize that place this morning, I want to say to you um, gently, um, but, but uh, with great conviction, the risen Jesus is here this morning and he's inviting you to remember what you know is true. He's, he's inviting you once again to trust him and to stop focusing on Pharaoh's armies and stop focusing on the sea behind you and to stop focusing on your own best resources and best efforts. And again, to lift up your eyes and look to the man on the cross who has come to fight for you. Um, and I want to encourage you this morning to be still. As you look to the man on the cross, be still and know that he is God. Be still and know he has come to fight for you. He's come to make a way where there is no way. He's come to find you where you are and lead you out of death and to bring you to a place of freedom and yes, even of dancing and joy. Um, and so wherever you are this morning, maybe you join me um, and we're going to pray. Um, and I guess what I want to pray this morning, it's something you could pray this morning for the first time if you haven't made that response to Jesus before. But it's also something any of us can pray um, if we find ourselves entangled and trapped at the moment. Um, so let's pray together. Let's take a moment in quiet.
Father, we, we take a moment in the quiet um, to confess the ways in which we are entangled by our circumstances or by sin or by fear. And just in the quiet, we want to name before you the ways in which we recognize that place where we are entangled. And Father, we also want to confess that we can't get ourselves free. That we have tried and we have tried and our best efforts leave us more tangled and more lost and more confused. Father, would you help us this morning to look up and see the man on the cross, to see that Jesus has come to fight for us. He has come to make a way where there was no way. So maybe you want to say this prayer along with me this morning um, in your own heart. Lord Jesus, I believe that on that cross you bore my sins and the sins of the whole world. You defeated all the powers of darkness, of sin and death and the devil. You have hurled our enemies into the depths of the sea. And you're standing here this morning holding out your hand and inviting me to follow you into a new life of freedom where I know I am forgiven, where I know I am your child, where I know I am being changed day by day by your spirit. And in the quiet of this morning, in the quiet of this moment right now, I choose to say yes to Jesus. I choose to give up trying to save and rescue and untangle myself. I choose to be still and let him fight for me. I choose to believe and to follow him wherever he leads. And we pray in the name of Jesus, our saviour, our rescuer and our king. Amen. Um, we're going we're gonna to take time, having heard God's word,